ready to go. Can I get a quick mic check on you guys one more time? Hello. Hello. All right. We are ready to go. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, Mr. Green Elite. How are you doing, Mr. Green Elite? I'm doing good. I'm uh, dealing with the summertime allergies, <laughs> extra heavy. But I'm yeah, doing good. how are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Considering everything, I'm doing pretty okay. Um, actually, you know what? Let me let me do a. I was doing really good this morning. I thought I cracked my phone screen uh, on a <laughs> on a on a kayaking trip this weekend, and it turns out I just cracked the screen protector. So that's really fucking good. <laughs> um, Rev is off this week. He's on vacation. With us this week is our guest, Mr. Mellow Online One. Mellow, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I know you've been talking to me for like two months or something like that to get me on, so I'm pleased to finally follow up with it. Yeah, yeah. So for the folks who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you plug yourself, let people know what you do and uh, where people can find the things you do. Oh boy, you've given me a good platform for my ego. Right. <laughs> so I'm a video games writer, I guess you can say. I've been doing it for maybe about five years now. I was previously with a gaming journalism site called Tech Raptor um, until about, I think it was earlier this year, where we just parted ways with each other. Um, and I'm fully independent now. I head up the Steam Consumer Advocacy Group Sentinels of the Store. That's been going strong for about three years now. We basically showcase... Um, negative practices that developers conduct with their developers on steam how offering up ways that steam can be more consumer friendly and basically giving a voice to cons- to um customers to basically encourage a more healthier platform me. yeah and then how about your social media uh places where people can keep up with you um I have a YouTube channel, but I rarely ever post that. I only post that whenever I do like an or, like audio interviews with people that I later just transcribe into articles. But I'm mainly on Twitter at Mellow Online One with Mellow Online the number one, not one. Um, but yeah, that's basically the only social media that I use for here. Excellent. Oh wait, Excellent. I have a Discord server as well. Oh yeah, Sentinels. Sorry, one more time because I feel like I covered you up there. Um, I also have a Discord server, Steam Sentinels, when the link can be found on the Sentinels of the Store Steam group. Excellent. So, guys, go check him out on all those places. And he does write some fantastic articles. You guys might recall a couple weeks ago, um, we talked about the coaling with Viva Pinata. He was at, uh, his article on the coaling uh, was actually our main source for that story. So, do seriously go check him out uh, and follow him on Twitter for all of his spicy hot takes on uh, on Steam store practices. Um, I was just starting to forget about that too, and then he just reminded me, and now I'm just like hot. <laughs> You're just now ir- irrationally angry. Just <laughs> irrationally angry all over again. It's like a roller coaster of emotions, and I can't get over it. Yeah. Um, before we do get into the meat of the show, just starting out, I want to tell you guys. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, for our YouTube viewers, we do see you guys there. Uh, I just want to give you guys a quick question in the comments for you guys to answer something I want to start doing here for the show to uh, 
you know, bring the uh, YouTube audience in a little bit more. Um, and so related to this week, which of the shows from this weekend in the uh, Summer of Games event uh, do you feel was the best? Which show had the best games to show off? Which one had the best production and the best talent? So guys, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments down below of this episode. And of course, if this is your first guy, uh, time watching the show, we appreciate you guys for watching and listening. And if you guys want to help support what we do, um, consider hitting that subscribe button, following us on our social medias, and ringing that bell. Anything else? Um, I think that's about it. Uh, I figured we can start the show with one of your recent uh, articles that you're talking about. Uh, or that you wrote, uh, Mello, the story surrounding penguin cretins, penguins cre- uh, cretins. Uh, would you like to kind of give us an overview on this topic? Yeah, I can do. Um, so I work closely with another independent journalist by the name of Connor. He writes for his own website called MMO Fallout. And he covers he, he covers like a wide variety of different um, gaming news subjects, but I mainly follow him for his Steam scams article series and i think he was looking at something completely unrelated i think it was to do with just like the history of steam early access or something like that he was curious to see how many games in steam early access had been completed how many were still in development etc etc and where they were now when he was looking at this stuff he came across this game called penguins cretins and so he was looking into the history of the game a little bit to see what the stages of development were like and he started to notice something really off with the game. I think it just started off with him noticing there was a name change from a game called Able Drunks to Penguins Cretins. Um, but then he found some old screenshots for the game, and the game looked completely different. Like, we're not even talking like stage one of early access to almost completed. We're talking Able Drunks was a soccer based physics game with wacky controls and then penguins cretins was a completely different game that used the same store slot where you would play as a penguin and you'd go through an obstacle course so what this transpired to was the people that had bought able drunks could no longer access that game but they instead had penguins cretins instead so instead of getting the game that they bought, they got something completely different um, like a year or two later on down the line. Because it was Able Drunks for about one or two years, and then it got completely changed for Penguins Cretins. And by the time Connor had found out about this, it had already been changed to Penguins Cretins for about a year and a half. So I took note of this. Another point to make, actually, was Able Drunks had mac linux and windows support there was windows mac and linux depot files listed on steamdb which meant that the game could work on those operating systems penguins cretins only had a windows depot file so that meant people that bought it on mac and linux could no longer play it it was unplayable on their system so that brought up a bigger issue because like not only did some people have a game that they didn't want but some people we saw the reviews as well there was reviews complaining that the game no longer had worked on their os so I caught wind of it from following his stuff, so I made my own article because there was a huge crossover with how it was. And so that little did I know, Penguins Cretins was only an isolated, was what I thought was just an isolated issue. It had never been done before. But then when I posted about it on my Steam Group Sentinels at the store, I obviously did my usual thing where I posted my Discord server, posted my Twitter, that sort of thing. There was people on Twitter, there was people in my Discord, and there was people on the Steam group that went digging and found a few other games that had 
participate in something similar. Um, just to get a couple of the examples up now, there was a game, the one that Kotaku and um, PC Games ended in, ended up writing about was a game that was previously a pirate action game that with a voxel graphic style that appealed a lot to kids had been transformed into an anime hentai game. So people that bought that no longer had a pirate action game, they had a sex game. And that also, in a way, circumvented an adult content tag so kids could willingly buy the pirate action game and then later on down the line it just turned into an anime hentai game. There was another instance where I think the game was called Back in the 80s or something like that. That was an arcade shooter. That was an arcade game, basically. And it previously was an, a side-scrolling shooter called Cthulhu. And there was another one that I'm just trying to see about getting up now. Oh, yeah. A game called Epic Royale, which was basi- which is basically a battle royale game, 100 players drop-in sort of thing. That was previously an open-world survival game called Integrity, which also made, which made some like minor ma- games media headlines when it originally released because they were distributing a DLC of a marketplace item, which was basically the H1Z1 outfit, the camo outfit from H1Z1 just stolen completely. So yeah, I think I've pretty much... Oh wait, yeah, there was also another game called Voxelized, which has a little bit more history on Steam because it was developed by a guy called Lord Krez. Lord Krez has a little bit of history on Steam because he developed a game called Journey of the Light. Journey of the Light was basically a scam game that came out on Steam a while ago, which purported to have seven levels, but really just had one unbeatable level, and it was purporting to be one of the hardest games ever created. So he was basically lying in his advertisements and people went digging in the files. There was no other files for any other levels. And so he'd released Voxelized, which was originally just a shitty Minecraft clone. It then changed to an Unreal Engine asset flip. Then it changed to another Unreal Engine asset flip. And then it changed again a fourth time in the span of four years to a game where you play as a knight in a castle with nothing much to do, really. It was literally just a night in an open castle environment where you couldn't interact with nothing. You could just move around an area and just do nothing. Mm-hmm. With the with the first part of that, it sounds like the shitty practices that uh, rental companies would do here in the United States. I don't know if they did it over the UK, but like Blockbuster, they would get exclusive versions of a cartridge it, that would be so hard that it would. Um, be almost impossible for you to beat and so you'd have to rent it again. That was their scam was that it would mm-hmm. be so hard that you'd have to rent it again. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Um, mm-hmm. what, what in the Steam system allows someone to do this? I mean, is it is it a lot like um, you know, maybe like a YouTube or uh, like on my podcast uh, host for this for this podcast. Um, is it just one of those things where you just can upload files and that's the files to that listing? Is it or is there any other checks and balances there for for the back end of uh, Steam sellers that would prevent this, you know? In terms of Steam, they don't have any measures to prevent that sort of thing from happening. They, if anything, the because just going back to that topic a little bit, there was 
talking about the legality of the whole thing a lawyer had actually picked up the story um his name was richard hogue he has his youtube channel hogue law and he did a full 30 minute video going into the whole thing talking about the legalities he went over steam's documents just trying to say does steam cover themselves for doing this can steam do this and steam's like the end user license agreements, Steam subscriber agreements, Steam's developer con- terms and conditions, they all seem to imply that Steam and the developers could do this because the rights basically said that Steam and the developers could update and change and modify the files as much as they wanted, which Richard brought up a very good point, which I neglected originally, and he basically pointed out that it shows the negative aspect of the games as a service because users never actually truly own the games they have on Steam. They're just buying a license to use them. So with that license, they don't own that property, so the developers and Steam can just change the files as much as they want. But the one thing that Richard pointed out was that there's basically two clauses in terms of like legal contract disputes that judges take into consideration such as good faith and fair dealing and basically good faith and fair dealing basically give the lawyers not the lawyers the judges the power to look at a contract and be like okay was there any mistreatment in regards to this contract was there something that wasn't necessarily considered when this contract was written that basically we cannot support and is something that we think will set a negative precedent it basically gives the judge the full power over the judgment of the contract regardless of what's written on the page and richard believes that if that went to a court then the steam users who had been wronged would win just on the grounds of the fair dealing and the good faith aspect of everything but in terms of steam's own rules that they have in place they don't prevent developers from doing this which was one of the reasons why me and richard were saying that steam need to update their rules they need to update their steam early access guidelines because steam their steam early access guidelines have barely been updated since the whole thing was just commenced back in like what 2012 i think was it now that steam early access became a thing they've barely been updated yeah and i know steam early access and the green light system kind of overall has been has led to a lot of abuse um, there's been a lot of mm-hmm. people who, who have talked about the the failings of that program. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy because it, to me, like another way of saying to describe what's happening is a bait and switch. Um, you know, you, you ha- are told you have this one thing and you're going to have this one thing because you bought it. But in reality, that can change at any moment. And that just boggles my mind that a store would allow that. And I kind of understand the idea of being able to upload, you know, and again, I don't know how it looks on the back end for Steam, for sellers, for developers, but if it's anything like a podcast platform where you just upload the .exe um, with all the assets in a folder, you know, I could see where it would be easier to have to just let them upload whatever they need. You know, they want to add some sort of pack to it um, or they need to, you know, it's an early access game. They want to add new weapons. And so they just upload that file or whatever, or upload a new .exe, however the update happens. Again, I'm not an expert in game development. I've never done it, Um, but it makes sense to me why they would make it as easy as possible for indie devs instead of having to do all this rigmarole and have to run like some sort of verifying software to make sure that the you know some sort of content tags are are you know one for one um i can see where 
Steam would want to make it easy, but with no protections, that seems kind of like a, it seems like a major oversight. Um, It very much is, because like, there was a a user in our Steam group, they, there was obviously a few people that were reporting and flagging the title, but there was one user that went straight to Steam support and was trying to get a response from an employee. And the response that they gave, it was very negligent in a way. It was almost like they didn't fully understand what had actually happened. They would, the Steam support rep just seemed to think, oh, it's a name change. There was no game allocations. It was just a name change. So you've still got that game binded to your account, so there's no problem. So, like, that frustrated me when I saw that. So, like, I sent an e because, like, I've got... Um, a couple of people that I can email at Valve with regards to some stuff like this. So I emailed them the stuff that I had talked about, as well as a few of the other examples that I'd listed before, but I was mainly talking to them about Penguins Cretans. And then they basically said, yeah, okay, we think this might need a second look. Um, Penguins Cretans did eventually, I think five days later, change back to ABLE after it had been changed like a year and a half ago. The developer put out some statement, because another thing to mention, the developer was radio silent even when that change happened. He had not communicated with his community for three years. So three years later, when that game did change back, he came out with the woodworks and he basically said, yeah, I've decided today that I want to change the game back which just to me reflected more lack and transparency from him because I'm just sort of thinking, you've been quiet for three years, you changed the game without any kind of announcement or news post, you've basically, like I've seen people throw around the theory that people do this mainly just to remove potentially a failed game and put something new in its place to circumvent paying the $100 fee for Steam games, which I think could be a plausible reason because that's I can't really think of any other benefit that these guys would have from doing this. But, like, it makes no sense to me that this guy did this on his own volition. I feel like that there was some Valve interference on this because of the growing, like, community pressure that was being placed on it. Yeah, and now that you mention it, yeah, I was trying to think of... I'm trying to rack my brain on any reasons other than just to circumvent the content guidelines or to um, circumvent having to, you know, put a new listing up on there. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Because could it be could it be like a trading card scam too? Because I know Steam has the trading cards, and I know a lot of like asset flips um, would do that. Is I mean, is that another potential? Uh, is that another potential situation there? You think? I don't necessarily think so. Mainly because like with the trading cards, they've got the low confidence metric company, which would incentivize. Okay, we'll just put them onto the old apps. But the old apps, regardless of the game that you put on, will still get those cards. So, I mean, if they wanted able drunks, could have just had trading cards. They didn't necessarily need to change the game entirely to get the cards or anything like that. It would make more sense doing it with the reverse way, actually, where they put take that pirate action game, for example. It would make more sense for them to keep that pirate action game, post up the hentai game that they replaced it with separately, because then more cards could be generated because it's a separate app ID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then what about like some sort of asset flip? Because I'm assuming the quality of these games aren't top tier. I'm assuming these are kind of hobbled together, you know, held together with duct tapes, prayer, and maybe a little bit of a WD-40 kind of situation. <laughs> um, I mean, do you think it could be like an asset flip thing where, well, no, because that doesn't make sense either because an asset flip requires a quick turnaround. And if someone already bought the game, unless they're just trying to get the listing relevant again 
I saw a comment on Kotaku's write-up of the story where someone was basically saying, because Kotaku mainly covered about that pirate action game that got turned into a hentai game rather than like Penguin's Quentin's or anything like that. They seem to think that the transition was because Steam have notably been a lot more stricter. Well, I say they've been a lot more stricter. I think they've been a lot more lax in terms of the sexual like the adult games that are coming onto Steam these days, they've got a whole section for them now. But steep, but pe- but there's a common like idea that people seem to think that Steam are very much still gun ho ban these games or whatever. And so they were saying this game must have just taken over this old app ID because they didn't want to go through the review process for Steam. They didn't want to go through Steam, have it denied, and then Valve just cut communication off with them entirely. Because granted, I will say this, Steam are very much pretty bad in their review process, where if your game doesn't pass the review process, they don't really give a clear reason as to why it failed it. So I can understand that aspect, but I mean, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily justify just putting the hentai game in place of something else. Yeah. Uh, Green, sorry we've we've had you notably quiet here. What are your oh, thoughts on this okay. situation? Uh, like, I think the biggest thing was, like, that switch up between the pirate game and a, like, a hentai game. That That seems awful nefarious to me. Like... That would I I feel like should have some heftier repercussions, especially if it's like a game targeted towards children. I like uh, I don't know. I, it, it, it everything seems shady. I don't know exactly. I've never made a game before, but I I, I feel like Steam should really up their game on on you know the protocol for when this happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um and I just thought of something that that absolutely terrified me. Um but you know, if there's not like a ton of verification on listings that are already there, um what about illegal content? Um in content that features abuse uh being distributed through something like this, you know, that just kind of like in my thoughts, you know, what other nefarious ways could people use this? Uh, and uploading um, uploading illegal abusive content through that system through you know it's already been an approved distribution of a game that is just now going to include these video files or something like that yeah because um, yeah. I think that's an important point that you bring up because like valve they even though they've gotten like a lot of flack for saying they don't curate their store, to an extent they do on the initial review process where they do some checks, some balances, they make sure the game runs and that sort of thing. There's a lot of people saying, oh, but games are launched without executable files. That's sort of a separate issue. The game doesn't necessarily launch with the executable file, but they've got the depot files linked up incorrectly. They do have an executable file because that's why Valve approved it, but the, just the depot files in Steamworks have been linked up correctly. Granted, Valve still should probably be checking that, but apparently they don't. <laughs> But at the same time, Valve don't check the games after that initial phase. So basically, the developer can do whatever the hell they want. Because, like, maybe a few years ago, I'm pretty sure it's okay for me to talk about now because the publisher's basically been either defunct or sold off somewhere. But there's a publisher by the name of Back to Basics Gaming who made a bunch of, like, casual indie games, Turbo Pog, um, an unfinished early access game called New Kind of Adventure. They had a game that they published developed by someone else and there was a huge dispute between the publisher and the developer about 
back to basics gaming not sharing the revenue out appropriately so one thing that the developer did out of vengeance because he couldn't get a hold of him he removed the develop the developer removed his own name from the developer slot just put back to basics gaming's name on there he removed the game entirely but he kept the store page up so there was no files or anything and he just flooded the store page with porn basically he posted like a picture of a man in a thong he posted a picture of a penis on the screenshot section he posted like a really um distasteful description and then the developer went also went to reddit to cry about how this had happened and then tried to play the victim and never mentioned that he basically vandalized the store pitch to try and frame back to basics gaming for doing something that they didn't and he tried to get people to report him for basically posting porn on a steam page but obviously i i was sent it when that was happening so i'd kept some archives of the store page before it got taken down so I sent that to the Reddit thread and it basically just had people realize, yeah, this guy isn't as genuine as what he was making it out to be. He isn't a full victim. He's just trying to frame someone for doing something that he didn't. But at the same time, that also reflects that Valve do not review store pages after they've been published. They don't care what happens after the fact. So it is very easy to abuse that kind of system if Valve aren't consistently checking on stuff like this. Because if they've for example, blocked a game from one developer, the developer makes some mock-up poor title, like maybe a poorly made visual novel that he's put together in 30 minutes, puts that through the review process. Valve says, okay, where he puts that game on, maybe leaves it for a day, and then puts the game on that got denied in the first place. That's just completely moved it under Steam's radar. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually curious how many times that's already happened because, you know, obviously you've already mentioned how that's happened in these other situations or, you know, maybe not that exact thing, but I'm curious, you know, how many times it actually has happened. Well, I mean, there's been developers that have been banned from Steam for like, say, review manipulation or just abusing the Steam tools in general that have come back under new names. Um, I mean, t- the probably the most well-known example was Arta Berdiev, who ran the development name BC Interactive. He got banned for basically harassing steam users review manipulation all sorts of stuff and then there was a new developer called acid that was made who released a very controversial steaming game called active shooter which was basically played as a school shooter you went into a high school and you just shot up a bunch of people um that got a bunch of media attention because there was a bunch of people calling for the game to be banned valve originally did nothing but then they found that that acid name had birdiev's previous bank details tied to the steamworks account so then they were like, okay, this is a guy that we previously banned and we completely severed our business ties with coming back under a new name. Let's just remove him. But like my main problem with that is that Valve probably should have checked that when the acid name was made. He'd been distributing games for like 10 months beforehand before Active Shoot was released. He made games before that. And then he probably, because of the controversy Active Shooter made, he launched the game on his website and he made probably more profit on it than what it would if it was on Steam. Because Valve weren't taking their 30% cut, he upped the price and people were just wanting to buy it because, hey, I want to stand by the reason this game exists, so I'm going to give you my money. Jeez, that's wild. Yeah. that This is such a wild topic. Like, it, mm-hmm. it kind of boggles the mind that you would... And I understand, you know, Steam has such a large... They have such a large footprint. You know, they have they have so much traffic... But there has to be there has to be some more accountability there to protect users from bait and switches and also to um, prevent, you know, distribution of products that shouldn't be distributed. Um, 
Well, I mean, with Richard Hogg's video, he basically showcased in the contract that Valve, if anything, try and remove as much accountability from themselves and their developers as much as possible, which is kind of worrying in a way. He explained that it was basically just legal way of trying to give them as much leeway as possible, but it's still kind of annoying in a way to see them even put that in writing, that they want as little accountability and as little like reason to take any action as much as possible. Yeah. Um I'm looking at our time here. This is a, this is a topic we could probably spend a good solid hour discussing, but we have a <laughs> lot of things uh that we probably should be talking about today. So, we'll kind of get some final thoughts on this here. We'll start with Green. Any final thoughts you want to share on this? No, it's pretty straightforward. It's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I a there's a lot to it too. <laughs> Yeah, this is something I'm going to have to dig a little bit more into. And um, I'll have to go to Richard Hoegs. Is that his name? Richard Hoegs? Richard Hogg. Richard, Richard Hogg. I'll have to check out his uh, his video on the subject and, and kind of get more into it. Uh, Mello, any other thoughts you want to share on this? Any other uh, details? I mean, not too much other than what I've already said. I think it's good. Like, the developer won't admit that Valve took action, but I am pretty convinced that Valve did eventually did say something to this developer to make him change. Because, I mean, you don't just stay silent for three years and then five days after Valve have been alerted that what, about what you've been doing, you don't just miraculously have a change of mind and then change the game over again. I don't think he's being honest at all. But I still feel like there's a lot of games that are still on Steam that have been doing this practice that Valve should be paying attention to. They need to be amending their rules, their Steam guidelines, their terms and service, all of that, to like better protect Steam users from doing this. Because like what I've been shown, one time was enough for me, and it, it turns out it's happened more than that. It's happened like five different times on different levels of severity. Because I mean, if you look at the more severe cases, there was Penguins, Cretans that basically led to the game being unplayable for some users. There was that pirate game being swapped out for... Actually, I'm going to get the name for that game. Yeah, Tale of Fortune. There was Tale of Fortune that got turned in from a pirate game to a hentai game, which basically meant that there was no age gate rating, and then there was an age gate rating, which means people that aren't interested in that kind of thing would end up getting it in their library forcibly. It's just Valve need to take action on this. They can't just be their usual negligent selves and just sit this one out. They need to be more hands-on with how they deal with their partners. They need to be more attentive about when partner abuse is taking place and they need to be seeing how these bad actors are... Because bad actors, they're continuously adapting no matter what regulations Valve put in place. They are still adapting to new ways that they can circumvent the Steam tools, the new ways that they can circumvent the rules that Valve are putting in place to abuse it as much as possible. While I still don't understand the fully ins and outs as to why they would want to do what like Penguins, Cretans and Tale of Fortune have done, it still shouldn't be happening, regardless of the motivation, because it just hurts the end user and the consumer in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Um so we'll we'll follow up. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on these. Uh, we'll for sure watch Mello's uh, medium articles and see if there are any updates to these stories, and we'll talk about them uh, in the near future. Um, I kind of wanted to move on here to the uh, PlayStation Five event that we just had last week, um, and all of the uh, hype, all the announcements, all the memes that we got out of this. Um, 
<laughs> so let me just ask you guys, and we'll start with Mello. What did you think of the event itself? The event itself was very meh. It had its when it was really good, it was really good. But when it was actually, there wasn't really anything necessarily bad, except for maybe that Resident Evil Eight trailer, which just ran at like twenty frames per second. But there was mostly pretty. There was mostly really good stuff, and then just very bland stuff that was being shown really so it was just a whole lot of meh for me yeah how about you green what how are your feelings i just like the memes <laughs> uh like I, I i would say i would feel more if i was still a playstation player um, you know, especially with the the definite upgrade from you know a PS4 to uh, to a PS5, but as of right now, uh, I'm not like super impressed. The only thing that I could really get hyped for is like the Spider-Man thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would put the event itself. I mean, in terms of how these things usually go, I'd put it maybe at like a C plus. B minus range, I think, is where I'd kind of put it. Um, so some of the things that they announced, they obviously showed off a bunch of games. Resident Evil uh, Village, or is it Resident Evil 8? What's it? I think it's Village it's 8. both Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village 8, Village yeah. Evil. Take your pick. Yeah, they announced the new Horizon Zero Dawn game, um, which a lot of people were talking, you know, rumor mill that that was going to be coming. Um they also announced Spider-Man, a uh, new little Big Planet game. It looks like is also coming. Um, they also showed off two consoles. They showed off a digital-only console and then one with a with an optical reader. Um, getting to the console and the hardware, what do you guys think of the look of the of the hardware? What do you think, Green? It looks like Kaiba. Look, it. Kaiba. <laughs> so, let me. So let me just describe what it looks like so people might understand that. So it's a white box that kind of has an hourglass shape. Um, and towards the top, it has these two fins that look like collars. The entire box is white. There's a black um, stripe with a blue lighted accent. And what Mr. Green Elite here is referring to is uh, Seto Kaiba uh, in the Battle City Tournament arc of Yu-Gi-Oh! having those flared white collars and it is one of my uh favorite memes yes that people photoshop set okaiba's face onto the uh ps5 where those it was gold when those where those fins are uh mellow how do you what do you think of the look of the um of the new ps5 i didn't necessarily have an issue with how it looked really um i did enjoy the memes that came out of people just mocking the design i remember one of my moderators actually sent me an image of showing how it looked like a cat sitting down with its ears perked up or whatever um but i didn't really have a big issue with how it looked because like it just looked normal to me there wasn't anything too off about it i can't really say i'd have an issue with how it would look if i got it or anything like that yeah, it's definitely a big design jump from like. Oh, it is. Like the PS, the 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 PlayStation has always had like a very similar design, except the like, PS One. That was also yeah, white. P- yeah. So like everything has been like kind of rectangular, 
Yeah, um, and this one is just it's different. That's the biggest thing. It's it's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've always looked like big, bigger versions of DVD players to me. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's been one of the main um, selling points of them, hasn't it? Because they they always go on a little bit about how they have like Blu-ray readers, how you can watch movies on. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, like they're very unassuming. Like they've always been kind of unassuming. They don't stick out. It's not like the um, original Xbox 360 where it was this shiny white box that would, you know, sit under your TV and, you know, set itself apart from, you know, your DVD player and your speakers and whatever else. Um, You know, the PlayStations have always kind of fit in with other electronics that you would find on your on your entertainment center. Um, I like it. I actually like the look a lot. I think um, it almost it reminds me of PC building culture where the sleeker and the more lights on it, the better. Um, To me, this would the the actual shape of the hardware, the case of the of the PS5 would not look out of place on an Amazon um, search list for gaming PC cases. Like, I feel like you would see something very similar in shape and design uh, on on a on a like PC part pickers uh, lineup. Just personally, I think it I think it looks very gamery. I kind of like it. Um, I would love to see what they're going to do for like limited edition versions of the console. You know, are they going to put out a uh, God of War edition or um, a Wi-Fi router edition? <laughs> Wi-Fi router edition. Yeah, I did hear uh, some people talk about the wi- it looking looking like a Wi-Fi router, and I agree. Um, Jeff like, from yeah, Budget Arcade said that. Mini- what was that? Are you picking the mini fridge? Are you picking the mini fridge or the Wi-Fi router this season? <laughs> <laughs> the, the meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, PS5 I, comes with some faux antennas for the back. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm kind of curious if it's all for show or if there is like, oh, no, the fins help drawing in cool air from the top, like some bullshit like that. I'm very curious. Um, everything has a purpose. Yeah, everything has a purpose. Um, someone in chat, you guys didn't mention GTA five. Um, yeah, a lot of people were upset that GTA five is getting another re-release on the PS five. <laughs> I watched two videos before I actually watched the showcase. One was a live stream of someone streaming their reaction to it and they saw the Rockstar logo and they lost their, am I allowed to swear on this? Fuck Yeah. They lost their shit when they saw the Rockstar logo come up, and then there was just the biggest drop in disappointment when they saw what the game was. And then I watched a second one, which was a video. The guy did not know the GTA 5 had been released before, and he thought it was a brand new Grand Theft Auto game. He's like, oh, wow, I'd buy this. This looks great. This looks like it's going to really push the next gen. I thought it was joking at first, but he was dead serious. He hadn't heard. He thought the last one was GTA 4. Oh, really? Because yeah. I think GTA 4 is probably one of the most forgettable GTAs. Then you're just wrong. <laughs> I don't hear yeah, anyone talk Liberty about GTA City 4. Stories. What's that? It's Liberty City Stories. I like Liberty yeah. City Stories. I like that can't speak. I like Liberty it's City Stories. It's the most forgettable, though. Liberty yeah. City Stories? I just yeah. don't, think, I just don't so. hear anyone actually talk about it that often. 
Like I don't right. Everyone talks about GTA Five. They talk about G, uh, San Andreas, or you know, I just don't hear people talk about GTA Four as much as they talk about the others. Or um, Grand Theft Auto Two. Valid, valid. Mm. I mean, there's a solid debate here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was just surprised that people were so were expecting that as much as they were. Um, I don't know why i'm surprised by that but i am <laughs> i can't explain i think it. it's because there was a lot of buzz beforehand about grand theft auto 6 coming out i knew it wasn't going to be like a grand theft auto 6 because GTA online still making way too much money for them to ditch that mm-hmm. but there was also a lot of buzz about bully 2 because there's been a lot of news circulating around that time where bully 2 had been cancelled been put into redevelopment then it'd been cancelled again there was just a bunch of buzz coming around about the history of bully 2's development they were thinking now might be the time that they're gonna announce something new and then it's gta 5 for the fourth time yeah next gta 5 is coming out on the switch guys just wait for it that's what that's what the nintendo direct is gonna be yeah following (laughs) todd howard's footsteps (laughs) it just works (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so overall, like the PS5 event, I mean, were there any games that you guys were like super stoked on when you saw them? I think the GTA, or not, sorry, not GTA, um, the Resident Evil Village looks kind of interesting. Um, just for the I fact. I wish they chose the trailer. I just wish they hope. I just wish they chose a different trailer. Yeah, the trailer wasn't great, but I mean, it looked like they're fucking werewolves and shit. I don't, man, it looks like it's going to be fucking bonkers. Um,. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was about it for me. It was kind of, I'm not a PlayStation person, though. I've never owned a PlayStation. So I was, I mean, other than seeing what um, exclusives were there, you know, that was really about it. Uh, The hardware itself, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's uh, good showing off there, bud. Um, (laughs) Other than, you know, just seeing what the hardware was and, and such, you know. I'm curious to see what prices are because I don't think we saw a price announcement, right? No, nah, there wasn't a post post announcement, price announcement. Yeah. Um, but how about? Well, oh, go ahead, Mello. Go ahead. I was just going to say the one main standout game from that was shown was Kenna for me. Um, what was the subtitle? Kenna Bridge of the Spirits. That sort of Pikmin mixed with grand adventure sort of thing because that seemed like it had a lot to offer it didn't necessarily like push any graphical boundaries but like the gameplay looked like really solid it was like platforming with puzzling with adventure with like a grand quest that sort of thing that really appealed to me and was probably like the biggest down because it was like the game that showed the most it wasn't just like a tech demo it wasn't just like pre-rendered stuff that didn't really represent the game or anything like that it looked really good and seemed to like encapsulate a lot of what i look for in games like just variety something new well and i believe they even showed off some gameplay during the future game show i believe Mm -hmm. um and i did see that one that one was very interesting to me I, i got really good vibes off of that one i almost got uh just from what i saw some almost uh avatar the last airbender vibes off of it um so it has me interested just kind of with like all the spirits and the um in the fantastical kind of bizarre themed spirits um seems very interesting to me Mm -hmm. uh green what do you think 
the only thing that I'm really interested in, in keeping an eye on is uh, the Spider-Man game. Uh, the first Insomniac game, uh, the Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, was to me fantastic. Like I thought it was better than the Batman games. So I've been hearing a lot of rumors that it's just like a DLC pack for that original Spider-Man game. Um, so that I want to keep an eye on that because that would be pretty shitty. Yeah. If it is just a DLC. Well, I think they're mm-hmm. calling it like a standalone. So something like a comparable situation would be um, Fallout or not Fallout. I'm sorry. Um, Far Cry, uh, Far Cry 3 to Far Cry Blood Dragon would be, you know, Spider-Man to this mm-hmm. Miles Morales game. Um, I think is a apt comparison. Mello, do you know much yeah. about uh, much else on that situation either? About the whole, um, if it's just an add-on. Yeah, if it's like just a standalone. I think it's a standalone DLC kind of situation. I've heard like conflicting reports. There's some people that are saying it's a standalone spin-off title. And then there's some that are saying it's an expansion pack. So I have a weird feeling that when it launches, it won't be a PS5 exclusive I think it is also going to be ported to the PlayStation 4. Mm. Um, whether that means that the original Spider-Man is also going to be ported to the PS5 along with the Miles Morales, I'm not too sure, but those are just the murmurs that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of confusion on that. I mean, I saw Twitter. I saw so many conflicting options, or uh, not options, uh, opinions on that. Um, do you guys want to move on to the summer of gaming events? Sure, can. All right. So, I mean, there were just a lot of events this weekend. We had the PC Gamer Show. We had the Future Games Show. We also had um, three, four days of uh, coverage from the Gorilla Collective, which is kind of funny, and the Mix, um, which is the Media Indie Exchange. Uh, all just, I mean, all happening at once. Um I was going to kind of start with the PC gamer show, which overall I thought was actually a pretty decent show. Um, they did have a BLM message at the front of the show, which was very well done. Um, the intro interviews were okay, but overall not bad at all. Uh, they showed off a lot of games. They had some pretty, they had some pretty good scripted parts. It was overall pretty good. Um, so one game that, uh, they showed off that I'm actually interested in is called Valheim um mm-hmm. this is now i got some pre pre alpha uh, i'm fairly certain this is the same game it looked very similar and has a like i'm 99.9 percent sure and they were it was the same name um it's a survival game set in a uh like a viking thing like i think the idea is uh you are a viking who died and you cannot move on to valhalla until you survive this world because you didn't you know die a glorious death is basically like purgatory is i think the idea um i i got some very early uh build um action from itch.io like a demo and it was pretty rough like the biggest problem was like there was just a bunch of hostile AI and its tracking never stopped. Um, like it never stopped chasing you down. So, and there was just a lot of AI everywhere. So like you would like go to try to collect wood and then, Oh, ran into this AI's, you know, cone of, of 
um, observation and now I'm being chased and it's just going to chase me down until I die. Um, so I'm looking in, I'm very interested in it, uh, to see where they're going to go, uh, see how well they, how, how far they've come from that very early, uh, start. Um, a bunch of other games, I mean, new blood showed off a bunch of stuff, which, uh, new blood, they're, uh, devs who kind of focus on like the old school first person shooter, like all the old doom clones and doom itself. Um, did you guys, have you guys seen anything from these guys at all? I haven't really, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting. There's one game I'm going to definitely check out called Unfortunate Spaceman. It's free to play. Um, there was a Blanco's Block Party, which is kind of all, uh, it's all like, it's a sandbox, but with vinyl figures that feature prominent artists um they also showed off stuff from dean hall who is the uh creator of daisy uh he has a new game coming out it's a free-to-play game called icarus mm-hmm. um and I have no this faith in that one what's that i have no faith in that one dean hall hasn't got the biggest well the best track record of finishing the stuff he starts yeah that's kind of what i was seeing i'm like Mm, you sure dean you sure about all this <laughs> yeah. um another i mean then this is by by no means the uh greatest overview of the fucking show i mean there were so many uh so many things shown off i'm just kind of going over the things that caught my eye when i was watching uh one game that i did see uh that was really interesting it's called mortal shell it's a game where you play as a spirit that possesses uh, unique bodies with different armors and weapons. It looks like a Soulsborne game, and it looks really badass. Um, oh, someone in chat. Uh, yeah, Demon Souls was announced for PS5 as well. Like a uh, Demon Souls um, remake, I believe, remaster. or a remaster. Yeah. Um, well, they say that it's sort of like the Resident Evil 2 kind of remake where they basically just rejig the whole game entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ooh, one thing I did see, which is going to be uh, awesome, is Chivalry 2 is going to be cross-platform, mm-hmm. which means I can, um, you know, stab my friends on PS5 and, P- and Xbox uh, Series X with a fucking pike, and it's going to be wonderful. My phone decided that uh, when I said Series X, it wanted to open up Siri. Um, <laughs> don't you do it, phone. Okay. Sounds like you need a Samsung. Sounds like you need to suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've got a Samsung as well. <laughs> it's uh, To me, phones are arbitrary. The real question is, is, are you an AMD or an Intel person? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. AMD. You you enjoy you enjoy the electronics that you want to enjoy. That's a Danny K <laughs> quote right there. Um, and then uh, one thing I did take note of was a lot of game exclusives on Epic. Uh, and I mean, Epic had its own section in the in the show where it's just like, hey, these are all the games that you can only get here. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm actually not like, I'm not angry about it. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Epic and they don't like the practices and I can understand why people don't like the 
like how Epic has been uh, managing uh, their acquisitions and stuff like that and how what it means for people like uh, who supported uh, Shenmue Kickstarter and expected to get something for Steam and instead are being told fuck off you're gonna have to get it on Epic you know I understand all that but uh, in terms in terms of like these other exclusives I actually see nothing wrong with um, wrong with it personally uh, unless you guys want to uh, offer a counterpoint I could like spend 10 hours just talking about the Epic Game Store <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my biggest problem with the store like I have problems with the, like, the whole acquisitions that they do, but I feel like my biggest problem is I might not mind as much if their store was competent. Their store, when they started doing these acquisitions, was so underdeveloped. They were trying to push these people to use essentially something that was completely unfinished. They didn't have a shopping cart. I'm not even too sure if they still have a shopping cart. I'm pretty sure the roadmap said that 2021 they'll have a shopping cart. But like... A lot of people have been bashing with me backwards and forwards about my stance on Epic and the Epic Game Store, where they're basically just saying, it gives developers money. Yes, I'm not denying that the Epic Game Store exclusivity deal is beneficial for developers. It absolutely is. It makes sense for why I can understand why developers would want to take that exclusivity deal. It's more so that consumers appreciate the choice in their market. They like to choose... Do you want to get your game on Steam where everything's all in one place? Do you want to go to Epic? Is there something? Is there for some reason you like Epic over Steam? Do you want to support Epic giving this money to the developers? Like, I think a choice is important, really. So, like, I'm not a fan of the whole exclusivity on Epic. I feel it would be much better if it was on Steam, on Epic, on as many platforms as possible, really. Because there was a bunch of people saying, oh, but you wouldn't be complaining if it Steam exclusive. There are no such thing as Steam exclusives. People just choose to put their games on Steam because it has the highest market for a reason. People like Steam. It has achievements, cloud syncing, trading cards, community groups. It's more than just a game store. Epic Game Store is just that. It's a store that's underdeveloped with very little features. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, the friend system on Epic is not great. Yeah, it's pretty trash. Um, and, uh, and you know and there, there are very valid points there um you know i, I kind of stopped getting so anti-epic once i realized that um steam steam really i mean and i do sincerely hold this opinion that steam is the best launcher and has the best services on it like uh, it, you know friends list system is a prime example of how like activision battlenet well battlenet isn't terrible but it depends on the game you're playing um like warzone has a pretty terrible friend system it seems um, gog is good what was that gog's good good old games yeah gog is pretty good um but like origin is awful <laughs> epic is pretty rough on like See, that i stuff. don't particularly mind origin no I, I think our biggest problem has always just been uh the friend system We've yeah. always struggled to get like parties together in any origin game. Um, nice. Green Green is smirking because I think he knows exactly which uh, which title I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Battlefield. Yeah. Um, See, I've only got two friends on origin, so I don't have to worry. Yeah. It. I mean, 
I don't know. The, the, but I do agree with you. Epic Store is very rough in terms of mm-hmm. as a service. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any. Is there even a review system in there? But I don't nope. think even if there is a review system, there's also no group system. So you can, you know, just like your uh, Steam Sentinels group. Nah, there's no sentence at all. They were talking about putting a review system in place, but with a, but only critic reviews. So they were putting in this integration with a site called Open Critic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I'm not, no. Right. So Open Critic is very much a site like Metacritic, um, but kind of more curated in a way. Because like when I worked at TechRaptor, the CEO there is also the COO for Open Critic. Um, but Epic are wanting to get this um, partnership in with OpenCritic for OpenCritic integration in the Epic Game Store because of how it manages official critic reviews. So they'll allow for crit- official critic reviews to be displayed on the store, but no user reviews. Oh, so the reviews that can be influenced by Payola. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's basically what they want. Yeah, got it. No, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> Mm. Um, I don't even think they co- they're putting in like community discussion forums either because I'm pretty mm. sure they were just saying they're toxic in general. Mm. Um. So yeah, there was a lot of like Epic Store exclusives. Um. There. Oh, some updates that were discussed at the PC gaming show. Or some updates were from uh, Remnant from the Ashes, which is getting its last DLC. Uh, they showed off some stuff for Escape from Tarkov, Dauntless, the uh, Call of the Void, I think is what that uh, new update's going to be called for Dauntless, uh, Killing Floor 2, and Elite Dangerous all showed off new content that is coming this year. And then they also showed off some remakes, including Mafia Definitive Edition for any fans of the Mafia series, and Shadow Man, which I believe is an N64 game. It's getting a uh, re- remake, remaster, ported to the PC. Uh, Shadow Man was, seems to be kind of a cult game. I haven't really heard of it, or I haven't really heard too many people talk about it. Um, and they even said it was a, a cult game. Uh, anything there that interests you guys or you peaks your ears at all? I went to the PC gaming show for one game and one game only. That was Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah like, that, is coming. that was the game that sort of got leaked beforehand because there was like some Steam DB files that had unearthed like hidden images in an unknown app package and then the Denuvo page went live like 24 hours later. So like I was literally for three days straight, I was only thinking, fuck yeah, there's going to be a Persona 4 Golden PC port, fuck yeah. Because I played the original on PS2 and I never owned a Vita, so I never got to play the Golden Edition and now I've been playing it almost non-stop. I've got almost 30 hours in it since it was released and I have no regret. Yeah, I I'm actually legitimately considering picking that up. I would like to do like a JRPG July for my stream, um, and I've been debating on what games I should do that or what game or games I should do that for. Uh, like I have uh, Final Fantasy three and four on iOS because I had it on DS, and so when I bought a smartphone for the first time in high school, those were two games I picked up because I loved them. Um. So I thought about maybe trying to figure out a way to play those uh, mm-hmm. on stream. And then I saw this and I'm like, ooh, that could actually be an idea. Like I could play uh, Persona 4 Golden. Uh, how about you, Green? Anything that like peaked, you know, piqued your interest? Anything that, um, you know, made you be like, huh, yeah. 
On honestly, no, not really. I mean, they were all you know basically like, oh, that's that's neat. But that something that was like, oh fuck yeah, I gotta get it. I never played any of the Persona games either, so. Yeah, uh, one thing I saw that kind of just irked me was Killing Floor Two. So Killing Floor Two entered early access in 2015, and it's still in early access technically. I think it's still listed as early access on on Steam, and it only has three bosses. Still, I'm like, how you guys are doing the summer event, and you guys just do all these events, but there's no bosses. There's no new bosses. There's no new classes, only a few new weapons, and no few, and only a few. I don't think they've ever added um, regular ads either. You know, regular zombies or non-boss zombies. So I'm just looking at Killing Floor Two and being like, it's been five years, and the game is still basically the same. So, Do you want to know something bad? What's that? The game is actually technically finished. It's been out of early access for about two years. So what you have is basically what their finished project is. So is okay. So it's basically finished in 2015 because <laughs> it never changed. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that was kind of. I saw that and I just kind of got irked, and now I'm even more irked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that, a console port. What's that? Got a console port, if that means anything. It was released on like PS4 and Xbox One in like 2017. Eh. But yeah, yeah, exactly. The reviews basically were that. Eh. I mean, I like Killing Floor 2. I enjoy playing it, especially around Halloween. But uh, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, it's not a game that I can sit there and play for hours. I don't even think the cosmetic events even interest me that much. Um,. In terms of the summer of gaming event, I'm gonna we'll save the Gorilla Collective for last because it is just so fucking long. Um, future games show. This one was kind of interesting. So this one was basically right after the uh, PC gaming show. Um. I'm going to say this right off the bat. Overall, this was not as well produced as the other shows. There was no sets for remote interviews There's no or for the remote presentations. Um, it actually felt very much like this show. Uh, sorry, my phone went off there. Um, it very much felt like this show. It was not great. I think we have a fairly amateur setup here. Um, and I think we were kind of on par with them um they even what had you, talking about? i like the look of your cooker in the back <laughs> i know isn't that wonderful you guys can see my you're lucky i kind of cleaned up a little bit <laughs> not great because that's an empty that right there is an empty uh, granola bar box that i definitely did not throw away um, it adds to the set <laughs> it adds to the set exactly um but they also had like some top tier voice actors from like uncharted uh and they just weren't that great as presenters everything felt kind of wooden and stiff uh, i was not a fan of the show i didn't think it was that great but they did show some stuff um did you guys get a get your chance to watch this at all i didn't unfortunately know 
I watched a little bit of it. Well, uh, uh, like I put it on while I was at work, mm -hmm. so it's it's usually like a fifty-fifty shot of me actually getting to watch it. Yeah, but, but I saw a, a good portion of it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they showed off some games. They showed off a game called Dustborn, which to me in chat when I was watching the chat was ruthless with this game. Um. It to me just looks uninteresting. It might have like a decent political narrative on its face whether that narrative holds any water we'll have to see um it just kind of looked bland and uninteresting in several ways um apparently uh and i haven't heard of this game but during the xbox games event that happened a while ago people really loved uh call of the sea and so we saw more from that um they also showed off a go ahead which was that one again i don't remember so this was a um like an early century uh point and click adventure about like a widow going on an adventure to um find herself you know kind of like in late 1800s night early 1900s i think mm -hmm. it was a point and click uh point and click um we also got a premiere of a game called Morbid the Seven Acolytes, which was kind of an eldritch pixelated ARPG. Um, Liberated uh, is a game that's coming to PC and getting a free upgrade on the Switch. Um, Get to the Orange Door, it's a stylized FPS on PC, is coming to the Xbox One. Um, made of scare uh is a sound-based horror game that uh, looks basically when i saw the trailer i would describe it as a victorian area a quiet place where like the monsters um detect you based on sounds that you make if you guys are familiar with the movie a quiet place uh featuring john krasinski mm, good film yeah so that's how I would basically describe it. It looks pretty interesting. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, let's see. The other thing is uh, Rogue Company uh, from Hi-Rez, I believe, showed off some gameplay. It's going to be a free-to-play game and cross-platform and cross-save, which will be pretty dope for people um, who are looking to uh, game with all their friends on whatever consoles. You know, actually, what's going to seem very uh, dated during this console generation is those uh, episodes of South Park where the kids are having a war, a Game of Thrones war, over who's going to play or if they're all going to buy Xbox or all going to buy PS4. That seems like it's going yeah. to be very outdated. Uh, this console generation that was glorious it's probably the best comparison you can make yeah yeah it's just fucking wonderful so yeah rogue company got some gameplay um operation tango looks like a game that me and uh green are gonna have to play because it's a co-op puzzle action game where one place in place when one person plays a hacker and the other plays um like a secret agent so you have to work together to solve puzzles. That sounds very sure similar I... to... Go ahead, Green. 
No, you finish. Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say that sounds very similar to a game series called We Were Here if you've played them. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's like where one person's an explorer and the other's a librarian, right? Yeah. Uh, this. Bingo. Yeah, Soviet Womble did a uh, a bullshittery with him and Cyanide Plays doing it. And I watch it every so often just to hurt myself because my sides my sides hurt from laughing too much. <laughs> it's so good. Go ahead, Green. I'm just going to make sure I watch the uh, trailer for the video before I agree to any <laughs> co-op games with you, asshole. So, um... An Outlast player, uh, a trailer was shown as well. Um, was it during this one or was it during another one? I think it was during another one. Um, and I sent him a message because this new, the Outlast uh, Trials is going to be a multiplayer game. And I sent Green a message saying, hey, if I buy us the Outlast Trials, will you play with me, baby boo? And I sent him the trailer. Also, I'm just going to mention here in the Discord messages, I also sent him three smiling devil faces. He says, yeah, sure. He and then you sent the trailer. No, okay? no. You did not send the trailer first. It is on Twitter. I will, it is on Twitter. Yes, the trailer is there. I don't think so. You know, responded after I sent you the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Take a gander here. I'll come back. Confirm. <laughs> I'll go party in here. <laughs> Don't you try to change. I, okay, no, like right after there. he said he'd play it. <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah, you sent it 10 minutes after you asked. <laughs> after I already said, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> you, you bamboozled and you it, un, like basically lying. You, you basically lied. You know what? I'm I am I am guilty of lying at this exact moment in time. I well, I misremembered. I won't say I'm lying. I certainly misremembered. I am human. I apologize. But, you know, you should have known something was up when I sent you the three devil faces. I am sweet and innocent, okay? I don't yeah. understand what these emojis mean. Like, I didn't I didn't think the little devil smiley face meant I'm an asshole and I'm going to make you play this <laughs> shitty horror game that's going to make you cry to yourself to sleep for five nights in a row. So, that's not called being sweet and innocent. That's just called being a boomer. <laughs> Practically. Uh, so... Yeah, that was the Outlast uh, Trials, which looked absolutely terrifying. Um, that's going to be wonderful. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, this uh, this one actually looks pretty fun. The uh, what, what was it called? Operation Tango. It looks really fun. It looks cutesy. It doesn't look like it's going to be. Um, it looks like something we'll be like yelling at each other for. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will mention as well is that they had this whole future of gaming segment, which was mostly just devs pontificating on like how technology and the new gen will affect the development of games and storytelling. Honestly, there wasn't like a lot of hard hitting information or opinions or takes there. But I mean, if you're someone that's interested in game development and want to know what's what's going on, what's going through some of these uh, creators' heads, uh, you know, it's worth watching. Um, I just kind of, like, 
yeah, okay, this guy's going to talk about how like having no load screens is going to make a more fluid story. Again, um, you know, it's like the third time that someone said the exact same thing. <laughs> mm. Wasn't there also like pictures when even the PS3 was revealed where they were saying, "Oh, there's going to be fewer load times in comparison to the PS2," and then you yeah. play Skyrim on PS3. Woof. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it was just. I don't know. I kind of got a, it was a little eye rolly, kind of towards the end there. Um, so I mean that was the that was the future of games show. The next one uh, was the Gorilla Collective. This one was multiple days, so I believe this started on Saturday, had uh had something on Sunday, and then had something yesterday. Um. And I watched a little bit of uh, of them all. Um, at the end of the show on Saturday, they had a Paradox Interactive section. So it was like one hour of the Gorilla Collective, and then they went to the Paradox Interactive um, show. And then it was kind of the same. And then from today, from what I understand, it was mostly just gameplay and gameplay interviews. So people, you know, would would get their hand the the um, presenters would get their hands on the game and kind of talk about all of the uh all of you know the finer details of the game um in the game development process from these devs uh so this one was hosted by kind of funny and the mix and on its face it's really well produced uh, i think they did a great job producing this one uh, i will also say i really like justin woodward he was one of the um talent from the mix and i think he does a great job and he talks with his hands just like i do um his hands are all over the place like mine um there's just so many titles this was an indie focus event there were just so many fucking titles that we i mean it's really worth skimming on your own time through the two hour videos to (laughs) to check it out it was exhausting i don't know if i don't know if this is the best way to do an indie gaming event um but it's i don't know i don't know how how else you could really do it to be fair they were pretty limited with what's going on in the world right now yeah yeah i just don't know the best way to present it that would be really good for a viewer um Mm. Well, I mean, that's one of the problems that a lot of developers I talk to do, because like they usually have a really good game um, in their pocket, but their problem is marketing it. They don't know how what the best qualities of the game are to like sell to someone or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's definitely something that like as we kind of reflect on, like especially like this weekend, um, as as like an industry or as a community. Um, it's definitely worth kind of looking at and seeing what we could, what, what the best way to do it. Uh, but some of the stuff that they showed off here was, um, we did see some stuff from Larian on, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, um, which the team ooh. lead, what's that? I was just going, ooh. Yeah. It's still looking pretty good. Um, and they actually said they're still on schedule uh despite all of the having to work from home and stuff like that that they are looking at uh a release date um that the current release date is accurate or you know maybe like a week off or something like that but it's looking good um 
11 bit showed off some stuff. Uh, Children of Morta is getting a new, uh, a new new game plus update DLC. Um, do you guys need me to clarify that statement? <laughs> I know it's please do. Please yeah. Do. So uh, the new game plus. Um, so you know, starting a new game and adding more content. Once you do your first playthrough, they're getting they're adding more of that content, and they're also adding an, uh, a DLC. Which I have a note here to ask Rev how he thinks, how he feels about that, but Rev isn't here, so I'll have to ask him next week. But yeah, so they're adding more content to Children of Morta for post game or for more than one playthrough, adding more replayability to Children of Morta. Um, Frostpunk announced a new DLC, uh, and This War of Mine is getting a board game adaptation. Which would how be. How would he manage that? <laughs> yeah, that. I I kind of like scratched my head. Um, I didn't watch all of the video. This war of mine also. I mean, nothing says let's have a great night as friends other than you know this war of mine. Oh. Um, I mean, I like the game, but like, how do you manage to adapt that into a board game? Yeah, like I I like the idea of it, but I'm just wondering how. Yeah, it's yeah. I'll have to watch the video and we'll we'll have to discuss that at a later time, maybe in some DMs or something. But um, yeah, I just kind of thought about like, oh, wow, this War of Mine is a board game. That's not a game you want to play with friends. That's a game that like you play for an hour and you just get sad and depressed and want to drink yourself to sleep. Um, it's not a feel good game. experience. Uh, not personal experience, no. <laughs> um, thankfully not. Thankfully not. Um, ooh, I did see a game, one of the weirdest games, and I f- fucking love it. Um, Just Die Already, Old People Mayhem Sandbox is that it's what it's called it's um the trailer was like a slow pan up a beach of just like sea creatures everywhere like dead sea creatures everywhere and then like a naked old man like waking up and pulling himself off the sand and just looking at like a destroyed city it looks fucking bonkers this is it i don't even know what else man Go ahead, Who no. are the people that make that? Um, because that sounds like a tiny build of a Devolver Digital sort of thing. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Just Die Already is uh being produced by Double Moose Double Moose Games. Oh, Double Moose! I've heard of them. I don't remember what they've made though. Um, Double Moose Games. Let's see. Um, Steam search. Yeah. Oh, they made Animal Super Squad. Mm-hmm. That's a game that I haven't played it, but I remember seeing a bunch of marketing ad advertisement for it. It's basically where you just like, I think it's where you play as a chicken and mm-hmm. you like stick it in a bunch of different vehicles and you have to like, it's almost, you remember that Bad Pigs mobile game that was mm-hmm. a spin off from the Angry Birds series? Mm-hmm. It's basically that, but more of a budget mm, mm-hmm. um did i also see they did goat simulator nah that's coffee stand studios i think i don't know why 
that pulled up in a search for these guys, but I guess it did. Um, it's just as bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have surprised me. Um, okay. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is getting a definitive edition, which I only say to go plug our buddy Worldly, who is a speedrunner, and I think he's held some records in that game. So make sure you go check him out. I'm sure he's happy to hear that Divinity Original Sin 2 is getting a definitive edition. Um, another game they showed off that I've actually gotten my hands on and just haven't really talked about is um, Midnight Ghost Hunt, uh, which is... Have you guys played Prop Hunt on like Gmod? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Yeah, so basically think Prop Hunt. Um, there are people who are uh, ghost hunters and people who are um ghosts and so ghosts will have to um hide from the hunters and wait until midnight when they can use their ghostly powers to uh destroy the uh hunters um i got some uh shout out to our friend dead shattern who got me an alpha key um and in turn i actually got another key that i could give to a friend that i gave to uh rev um so i've had some pre-alpha play time with it it's fun it's really fun um so I'm happy to see this kind of moving forward. I would love to see the NDA come down soon so I can uh, try it out or on stream or on YouTube. Um, and then Happiness and Cyanide, which for those who aren't familiar with that name, those are the shitty comics your edgy uh, cousin posts on Facebook. Um, they announced their own game <laughs> called Freakopolis. Freak Freakocalypse. There we go. I swear I can speak. I swear I work in radio and can, you know, dictate properly. Um, yeah, so Freak Ocalypse, this basically just looks like their own version of uh, the Stick of Truth. I'm getting, like, just very much South Park video game vibes out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Paradox showed off some stuff. Um one that seemed really interesting to me was empire of sin which is like a 20s crime sim set in uh chicago has rpg and tactical elements almost like uh xcom um which i might fuck with that uh prison architect is getting a new is it a dlc or is it a game i don't remember which um i have game DLC. it's a dlc yeah um and then they also showed off stuff for Vampire Masquerades Bloodlines 2. Uh, now it's just like day one. And day two had a ton of stuff. And I mean, there's just, there was so much for the Gorilla Collective. Um, out of that stuff there, I mean, was there anything that like really piqued your guys' interest or made you guys, you know, shake your head or scratch your head? Green, I'll go with you. I really want to try that that ghost game. I I think that's my most interested one. Mm -hmm. How about you, Mello? I'm the same with the ghost one. When you were describing it, I'm also sort of interested in the naked grandpa beach with dead sea animals one as well. That sounds like I can really resonate with it a lot. Um, Prison Architect expansion as well. That sounds pretty interesting, but those are probably the main three, I think. They're probably the three main interest ones. Yeah. There was another one that I saw getting a lot of attention. Um, oh, shit. What was its name? Uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. 
or Dungeon Boyfriend. Oh, right, yeah, someone was talking to me about this one. Wasn't that the game where you, like, date your sword or something? Yeah, so... And I saw some, and I thought this was a perfect dis- uh, description or, um, like, way of explaining this. Are you guys familiar with the anime Soul Eater? Where, like, the weapons are sentient and they can take human forms? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically think that as a dungeon crawler with dating sim aspects. So, like, you select or you find a weapon or a series of weapons that you know, fit a variety of um, sexual orientations and gender identities. And you can uh, use them in a dungeon crawl to fight monsters. And you can also uh, have, uh, in order to get like better specs in these weapons, you have to date the weapons. You have to take them out on dates and um, become more intimate with the weapons in order to get better uh, stats with them is the basic idea no that is a new Pornhub category in the making right there oh i know it's i i in the amount of puns i think <laughs> that can be made out of this game um are too many there are going to be too many puns um that was one i mean it was getting a lot of attention from the show i think but the reaction of chat was not like super favorable. I don't think it looks like a bad game. Um, and I don't think it, there are any dungeon crawler dating sims out there. So I think that's definitely some new ground. I think it sounds original. I can't think of any game that's like it. Can you guys? <laughs> I can't. Um, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, at least it's a creative game. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's not like someone trying to rehash Honey Pop for the third time. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't much else that I saw that really got me interested in in the the other games. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it for Gorilla Collective. I mean, there was like four days, and I only was. I really only found stuff to talk about, like, uh, the first day, really. Mm. Um, so just a bunch of mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, which is kind of how the indie game market is. Sorry, Rev. <laughs> There's just. A lot of a lot of mediocrity in the in the indie market, unfortunately. You don't need to apologize for stating a fact. <laughs> They're independent for a reason. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, that's kind of all I have for my notes. Um, oh, here's something. Uh, I'll let Green mention it real quick. Uh, yeah, so I I found out that uh, if you have a copy of Witcher 3, like on PlayStation, uh, starting, uh, GOG will actually give you a free version to switch to PC as long as you link your account uh, through the platform that you own. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to upgrade from PC, like up to PC from like a PlayStation or... Uh, did that game come out on Xbox? I'm not sure. I think Xbox it did. and Nintendo Switch. Okay, then yeah, if you haven't, uh, you link it through your, through that, 
and then you can get the free copy for PC, which is, I mean, the game is usually on sale, but I mean, you can't be free. That's yeah. on GOG. Yeah. Yep, on GOG, yep. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, GOG being owned by CD Projekt Red, um, who are the developers of Witcher 3, makes sense. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of really good things like that. Um, they try to, they put, they're really good about just putting everything out and available. They try to port to as many systems as they can. Um, and it's really nice that they're not doing a fucking Skyrim. Be like, oh, you want to play Skyrim on, or, you know, I should say they're not doing a Bethesda. Um, oh, you want to play Skyrim on your, uh, PS5? Well, guess what? That's going to be $60 for an Ultimate Edition, friends. And we're not going to fix any of the bugs. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Skyrim on the Casio math calculators, to be honest. That's the poor I'm waiting for. Oh, yeah. Shit. Could you imagine? 50 uh. years from now, they're going to be like, now introducing Elder Scrolls Skyrim for your virtual reality headset. <laughs> Elder They've Scrolls. already done that. Yeah. They do have a. I mean, like full virtual, like the like. Oh, you're talking holodeck. Full virtual. They changed life into Skyrim. Exactly. (laughs) Like you're in a computer. Yeah, but then it's still gonna be like, like the actual game just in the screen in front of you. It's gonna be a a real kick in the dick. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, Skyrim for the holodeck. Is what you're talking about? Exactly. And then or. you know, going back to Yu-Gi-Oh for a quick second, because why the fuck not? Um, the Seto Kaiba virtual world that they derail an entire fucking story for. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about uh, in terms of like summer of gaming event and all the other um, news and whatever else has been happening? No, not really. No, I think I've touched on everything. Yeah, which is good because I'm looking at our our clock here and I think it's about time to wrap up the show and let Mr. Mello uh, have some rest. Um, I can go till three in the morning if you want. It's only one. (laughs) Quick, get the coffee on. Let's go. Um, No, we'll we'll let you go. We'll let you go on ahead. Uh, Why don't you tell the folks out there um who you are once again and where people can find you and uh maybe some stuff that you have coming out soon i'm a video game news writer i post some articles up on medium i run the central or steam curator group i have a twitter at mellow online one mellow online and the number one thanks green for linking it and i've got Basically enough, I'll get. I'll, I've got enough news to keep me going for the rest of the month. Basically, there's so much stuff going on that I can write about. I've got one coming out where I'm going to be talking about the PS5 reveal a little bit more, more so like my personal opinions about it. So I'm going to be like detailing all the games that should be out by Wednesday, I hope, because I was meant to get it out yesterday, but I forgot how many games there actually were. I forgot that there wasn't just like ten; there was like thirty. So I was like, okay, it's going to take some more time. And I've got some more longer-term projects coming up that I'm just slowly chiseling away at, which includes one topic on a gamer that's very angry and who is spreading some misinformation about some games that are banned from Steam hmm. for the wrong reasons. Would would this uh, angry gamer maybe have a list out there? 
Uh, he has many lists out there. Would he have a Would he have a list that is still somehow excluding us, despite us requesting that we specifically be put on said list? You know something funny? He unpinned his tweet with that article on because he was getting that mocked enough that much. Yeah, well, I mean, he put a badge of honor there. You know, it's like you you gave you gave some you gave people a goal. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be on a list, damn it! That's I all just, I want to be on. I just want to be on a list. I just want to be on like, the list. Here's the, here's the mentality. Me. This is the mentality that people like him use. They like the idea of being taken seriously for their extreme opinions, but when the minute people start mocking that opinion, it immediately disarms them. And they don't know necessarily how to cope it because they're so used to just being taken seriously and being put in that echo chamber so much. And then he's propelled into that many people that aren't his target audience and he just does not know how to take it when people are saying, thank you for putting me on your list. You shouldn't be enjoying it. That was the replies I was seeing him respond to. Yeah, yeah. Who was it um, that I saw? Um... Golly, he was it. It wasn't upper echelon. It was somebody though who he asked, "Well, do you want to get put on the list?" And um, the the person basically oh. responded, "Oh no, not the list." <laughs> it might have been Kadikovus, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple people who I follow who um, definitely were trolling the fuck out of him. Um, but Did you see his entry for Markiplier. <laughs> no <laughs> it basically he, it was sort of a backhanded compliment because he sort of put Markiplier dash voice if it were chocolate traitor <laughs> <laughs> I did see I did see the Pokimane entry <laughs> where he just said thought <laughs> like woof <laughs> woof there's yeah. another one too I think Alinity he did the same thing too yeah there's a few There and then like um, he called uh, Chris Raygun a disingenuous traitor. <laughs> like he, and like Stony were a double traitor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like <laughs> how can you be a disingenuous traitor? <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> anyway, I'm unironically a fan of his store because, like, the more I read of it, the more the more he takes himself seriously, the more funny it is. Yeah. Really. He really came to my attention with his review of season three of Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the standout article for me. Did you, it was was it the scene where he just sort of bit by bit analyzed a sex scene in it? Yeah, with yeah. timestamps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like all the problems he had with the sex scene were not the problems he should have had with the sex scene. <laughs> not to spoil you... Castlevania season three, but. <laughs> Did you see his Animal Crossing article that he put out on Animal Crossing New Horizons? That yeah. like dialogue there that's apparently turning all children in America gay because there's one mention of lesbianism in it. Yeah, we should we should see the article he puts out related to the new SpongeBob announcement. Oh yes. <laughs> oh man, that's that's gonna be shit that makes me cry myself to sleep out of joy. Um. <laughs> any, anyways, uh, Green, what's coming up on your channel? I don't know. I never know. Uh, I'm probably gonna be playing some Destiny too. Um, I'm gonna start doing some heavy grinding on that season four of 
War, uh, Call of Duty just came out not too long ago, so I'm going to work on the Battle Pass for that as well. So mainly FPS games. Um, I still haven't gotten a chance to play Grand Theft Auto, like the RP server yet. I'm like looking into that. Hopefully soon. I'm not sure. We'll see. So you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Grand Elite. Uh, also on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, OnlyFans, all the all the good places. So, get me <laughs> tell me more about this OnlyFans. It's premium for a very premium price. Nice. You get like pictures of just top knot. That's it. It's just <laughs> top knot. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, just yeah, like on the ends. Like sometimes I put like a like a chopstick through it, and then you're like chopstick top knot, and it's a good time. And sometimes oh, he yeah. just gets it like really muddy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put some baked beans <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, it gets weird. It gets yeah. so weird. Uh, coming up on my channel, I don't know. I am currently uh fighting with my landlord and my isp about my internet situation i'm very glad that stream has held out uh so well tonight i'm hoping that maybe maybe this is just an issue that resolves itself um who knows i don't know i really don't know Maybe it's just because i'm here yeah it could be it could just be by the grace of god that you're here and it's and it's protecting us (laughs) um maybe we need to have you around more often (laughs) um so uh yeah so we might stream we might not um i am working on the pvp arena in the minecraft realm so at the very least we'll get to a point where we can start uh doing some trouble in terrorist town games on the server and those will get uploaded to youtube um otherwise i'll try to like play some apex or something like that um I think that's really all that's going on for me. You guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Danny K, D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. You can also find me on YouTube where you can also get this podcast uh, at Danny K Media on YouTube. Um, Other than that, I think that's all we need to uh, do. So let me uh, wrap up the show and do some uh, end credits here. Um, before we do go, I want to thank our friend Lou Merck, who puts out, uh, some fantastic beats. You guys can, uh, help support him and listen to his music at the links provided in the description of this episode and what just got entered into the Twitch live chat. Uh, make sure you guys do support him and give him, uh, some follows on Twitter, on his Twitch accounts, and also on SoundCloud. Um, if you guys like what you do and want to help support the show, uh, the best way to do that is by telling your friends about us. You can also give us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. Um, if you guys have joined us live and missed any part of the show, you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. You can of course join us live every Tuesday at 7 PM central standard time. If the uh, time has changed. Make sure you follow us on Twitter like this week where we accommodated Mr. Mello and we appreciate him for being able to join us. Um, other than that, guys, absolutely anything else? No. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed my time here and thank you for 
change in the time to suit me a little bit better, even though it is still 25 to 2 in the morning. I bet <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, well, we appreciate you for joining us. Guys, until next week, we will talk to you again. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Love you. We appreciate you listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about what we do. Oh.